For those of you unable to get the right technology to hide you from the people who will come for your life when you get too close to the truth. Super excited for today's episode and our, our guest today, but before we can do that, I would like to thank Toe Hogan for coming on last week. Uh, I know I give him a lot of shit for abusing his fan base and their cult-like tendency to build their whole lives around him and his schedule, but it did make for a lot of listens on last week's episode and some good ratings, so I guess he was right. I'm in the podcasting world now, and if you're podcasting and you're not friends with Toe Hogan, I guess who even are you? You know, when I really think about it, it's amazing how many things being a chess boxing fan has brought into my life. You know, friendships, just journeys, love, you know, that didn't work out. But, you know, so many things for something that seems so irreverent and of Scandinavian origin. Oh, okay. Also, also, I've uh, received some mail asking for my ex-wife's contact info. Okay. I'm aware that the Toe Hogan fan base is very enthusiastic about chess boxing and there's a lot of aspiring chess boxers in your ranks, so it did not shock me that a large number of you who already knew who my ex-wife was uh, were going to reach out. Um, it was a little surprising that many of you stated that you've met Maya several times, but you don't seem to recall meeting me, even though I was definitely with her at several of the uh, several of the shows that you were all referencing seeing her at. Uh, but uh, I know that sometimes I can be difficult to approach, so I'm not going to take that personally. But. But you know, like if you're talking to someone and their partner is clearly there with them, you know, it's just manners, you know, to just be a polite person, you know, really, you, you should make sure to acknowledge them. You know, they, people aren't accessories, okay? They have feelings. And I know that I am not super important in that world. You know, Maya and her brother trained three world championship title holders. It's just, I was, I was just the supportive wife, emphasis on supportive but, you know, it's common, it's common courtesy, you know, to, to not just act like somebody is fucking visible, you know, fucking invisible, right? You know, I like, I, I know this seems like I'm overreacting, but it's a touchy subject with a divorce and all of a sudden I've got all these Toe Hogan reality fans blowing up my email and I was hoping it was positive feedback for the podcast, you know, and there was some, thank you for that. But about 80% of these emails are trying to get in touch with my ex-wife or fucking asking me to bring my ex-wife on or asking why she left me and threatening me because obviously there's no way I could possibly be the good guy in this divorce, which 
rude, all right? And, you know, ep episode two wasn't about my divorce, okay? Which, by the way, after the response uh, has been going to last week's episode, uh, I'm never signing those fucking papers, okay? Uh, it's not happening. Um, but episode two wasn't about my goddamn divorce, all right? Episode two was about the theory that our 16th president, Abraham Lincoln, does not exist, or at least it would have been the topic if Tohogan didn't keep getting sidetracked and we only covered it for maybe 10 minutes, but I'm not going to apologize for that because most of the listeners last week were his fans and you guys care about everything he said, uh, even if he was showing up to do something else entirely. Uh, so whatever, we're, well, you know, I'll, maybe he's, you know, we're, we're early in the podcast, all right? I can make these sacrifices, you know, I won't have to be a chauffeur. But anyway, back to, back to Maya, you know, if, any, if anything, episode two should have shown you that my ex-wife conspires against me and plays sadistic pranks on me when I'm already heartbroken and isolated out here, okay? You don't, you don't know my side of the story, and assuming you do is really close-minded of you, and it's, it's hurtful, okay? It's hurtful. If you guys, you know, really listen to Toa Hogan reality to expand your conscious mind or whatever, you know, maybe you should be willing to expand beyond Maya's clout in the chess boxing circuit and just think about how sometimes people use their fame and power to abuse their partners. You know, maybe you think about that, all right? And you know, like, even if I could get in touch with her, she's fucking busy, dude, all right? Like, chess tutoring is a side thing she does to help her brother out, and it's for the love of the game, all right? You know, her full-time job is as a concert violinist. She doesn't have time for a bunch of mouth breathers that think if they spend enough money on a hand-carved Italian marble chess set and buy an Everlast heavy bag using... Toe Hogan reality promo codes that they can be the next darling of the world chess boxing organization. All right, she doesn't need she doesn't need that. Her life as a musician's very demanding. You know, she spends as much time practicing as she does, you know, playing and teaching. You know, like we we lived when we lived together, I could barely concentrate on my internet arguments. You know, I could I couldn't I couldn't concentrate on my fucking internet arguments. She never stops practicing, right? Like I like right I'd be in the middle of a reply on bunker chat right and I, I got this logic bomb right in the corner fine in the pocket you know like i'm like i'm in an x-wing and the death stars them being wrong and like i i know that if i don't get in a couple of seconds you know they're, they're gonna think that i spent time trying to think of a comeback you know and whether or not you look like an idiot in a comeback is a game of seconds all right and the internet doesn't fucking forgive you all right all these posts have fucking timestamps, all right and I'm about to get in real fast. I'm about to save face on a super important point, And then somehow, right on cue, she just start up with the practicing. And I'm just sitting there, losing face, listening to this loud, distracting, hauntingly beautiful, soulful violin music. Just wandering the halls of the house like curious child bringing grace and wonder into every corner corner that it walks into and you know I sometimes you you know sometimes you close your eyes and you feel like you can just see colors and you're just wondering how any human you know could possibly produce something that sounds just this beautiful and you know you know you just 
you know that no matter how far away you get from it, the music will just flow in your mind and your heart until your death. And every day, the music she played at your wedding will just score every moment of your lonely existence. And then, you know, you wonder how many ways you had to go wrong to get to this point. Now, God damn it. God damn it. Fuck. Get. <laughs> All right. So, uh, I. All right, I understand. You guys, you guys like her, and uh, I know what I was getting into when I got myself involved with So Hogan's fan base. They're very smart. It's very easy to find out where anyone lives or what they do for a living, and their their contact information is or anything like that. That doesn't mean that you should be contacting me about my ex-wife instead of uh, my podcast, uh, which is what I'm trying to do for you so you can get more clarity and insight on the world around you. You know, like, I, I'm trying to do this podcast for you, okay? Uh, and, uh, you know, you need to know how many of the various ways you're being fucked, and I'm, I'm in the early phases of this project, and I really rely on constructive feedback and suggestions from fans. Like, this, you know, this is my time right now that it's really important for me to engage with my listeners and develop best practices so I can build a following of my own, you know, maybe not as intense a following as my friend, but you know, a community, you know, my own community where I'm the moderator and no one can ban me for my opinions and everyone there will, they, you know, they don't have to agree with them, but all of them will respect me and they'll wear my shirts. That's all I'm asking for the chance to connect with people and bring them the truth about this fascist shithole of a country and I can't do any of that if I have to sift through a hundred emails asking me if my wife is accepting new chess students or asking if I'm just lying to you guys about being her ex-wife so Toe Hogan's fans will like me more uh, that's the, you know, that's the first item of housekeeping today, okay? Okay? Are we clear on that? All right. So second item of housekeeping, uh, or maybe we could say item 1B. Apparently, uh, some of you have also gotten my contact info, which I am not going to get mad about because it's readily available on her website, and most of you were respectful of her privacy enough to not use her personal email except for the person who was already friends with her who contacted her to make fun of my podcast. <laughs> Janelle, you're a fucking bitch, by the way. I never liked you. So I'm not yelling at you guys for doxing, all right? In fact, I'm not yelling at you at all uh, because now I have even more recorded proof that she's a fucking bully. So uh, listen to this voicemail I got the other day. Hey, Kate, how's it going? You holding up good? I've uh, been getting some emails lately about your last podcast episode. I just wanted to make sure they get to you, so I'm just going to be real cool and read them to you, you know, because I don't want to leave you out of the loop with this since it concerns your show, and, you know, even though we've parted ways, that doesn't mean that I'm going to be petty and do anything to sabotage your project. You know, I still support you and all that shit. Fucking bitch. Okay, so this one's from Angel Juarez in Chicago. Dear Maya, 
I just listened to episode two of Toe Hogan's spinoff podcast. Okay, I promise. I'm going to play the rest of the recording through straight, but I need to make sure that this is clear. This podcast is not part of the Toe Hogan Reality Network. It is not a spinoff of the Toe Hogan Reality. Okay, this is my podcast, and hopefully it will eventually be my community. Uh, Toe Hogan is my friend, and any fan of his that enjoys my work is a welcome addition to my world, but this is not a Toe Hogan Reality spinoff podcast, okay? It's not, all right? Please make sure you know that. Get it through your head. Okay, back to the message. I can't believe that weird bitch was your wife. I'm glad that you got out. You're beautiful and talented, and she's clearly got a lot of unresolved anger issues. I hope you are having a good life, and I wish you the best in your career. Hmm. Uh, this one's from Molly Quinn in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Hi, Maya. Huge fan. Always have been. Not sure if you remember me. Signed my pro- You signed my program outside the New York Philharmonic once. Haha. <laughs> That's a joke, of course. You don't remember. I listened to Toe Hogan's Friends podcast, and I was just curious if she's actually your ex-wife. She sounds kind of insane. They were claiming Abe Lincoln didn't exist, so I didn't think it would be that far of a stretch for her to lie about being your ex-wife. Either way, I hope you're doing well. Just wanted to let you know, there's a lot of crazy fans out there. Ooh. Uh, Here's a good one. This is from Padma Balani in Vermont. Dear Maya, I saw that Toe Hogan was doing an appearance on your ex-wife's podcast. I didn't listen to it, but it reminded me that you've been divorced for a while now, and I was wondering if you'd be interested in meeting up for dinner the next time you play in Burlington. Hopefully I'm not being too forward. I understand if you're still in the healing process, it seems like you might have been carrying a lot of dead weight, LOL. Anyway, here's my number and my Instagram. Let me know if you're interested, XOXO Padma. Look at that. That's so nice and supportive. You know, I was thinking this podcast was a huge waste of time and that you should just get a real fucking job, but your fans, they're actually really nice. You should keep at it. I'm starting to think I didn't support you enough. Anyway, hope you're doing well. I'm going to go give Padma a call. (laughs) Sign the papers, bitch. Okay, you see that? Okay, she's a fucking bully. I only have two episodes of this podcast where I truly feel that I've done a good job of being even-handed and objective, and I've treated Toe Hogan with nothing but respect. Somehow, I'm already the monster, right? And, you know, I don't want to turn into one of those podcasts where people just whore out their personal lives for content, okay? No, I think we can all agree that there's enough podcasts where a bunch of dudes who think they're funny when they talk to each other laugh directly into the microphone and don't learn jack shit about broadcast journalism and just pop off on their personal lives and start bullshit with other podcasts, all right? Like, I'm I'm tired of that. You should be tired of that. And I, I don't care that if that is a, uh, a massively popular format and it seems like just anybody can make money off it, you know? I'm not bitter about that at all okay that's not why i'm here i'm not here to get rich i'm not here to join the 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 ruling class okay when i when i set up the patreon when i get when i do when i do the patreon i'm going to i'm going to set it up that that patreon money that patreon money is going to be used to pay the regular fees to my source so he can continue to risk his life finding you the truth all right i don't live good all right i i do the i make so many financial sacrifices to keep his work afloat you know i live i live in a pile of my own filth i eat processed non-perishable junk food from the fucking dollar store and you know i don't buy new clothes 
for you, all right? This, these are sacrifices I make. You know, I do this for you, the listeners. It's not because I have unchecked mental illness resulting in paranoid behavior and bad hygiene, okay? You know, it's, it's a sacrifice that I am making for you, and all I want to do is make a positive impact in the world and bring everyone the truth that they need to hear, nay, deserve to hear, okay? All right, now with that housekeeping out of the way, we are going to learn how to talk to bears. All right, so um, I'm, a, I'm about to conference in renowned explorer and zoologist Atticus Jonesworth, who you may know from the Tohogan reality. Now, hopefully, hopefully we still have some of Tohogan's fans here and they didn't just uh, listen to his episode and leave me, which very unsupportive. I'm sure some people have done that, but they're not listening, so... Um, you know, by the way, I'm his friend, so if you really want to call yourself Insane Fanatics, you should also support me in addition to him, alright? I mean, this is not a spin-off podcast of the Tohogan reality, even though that's that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that you need to you need to learn basic manners and respect. You know, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, this is unprofessional. I'm not going to pull a Tohogan and just make Atticus wait for an hour before I put him... Okay, yeah, no, let's, let's just pat, let's patch Atticus through. All right. Atticus. Hello, and good day to you, madam. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, you can you can just uh, you can just call me Kate. Uh, welcome to the show. It is always a pleasure to recant my adventures to any esteemed associate of the legendary journalist Toe Hogan on a beautiful day such as this one. Well, uh, I mean, uh, journalist is kind of a strong word for what Toe Hogan does, but, you know, he's my longtime friend, and I definitely owe him one for getting you on here today. God, you're you're an honest-to-God legend, yo, and uh, also, thank you thank you for letting me know it's daytime. Uh, I'm underground right now, and I, like, I don't, I don't want to obey time because, you know, it's like a fascist, uh, oppressive structure, but, you know, like, I need to call Boost during business hours right about my warranty plan, and I, I keep breaking phones, and they have some kind of bullshit limit on how many of them they'll replace. It's totally fucking stupid i'm sorry i'm sorry what am i doing i'm going off about my fucking phone plan do you know and i'm just i'm sorry i'm just a really big fan i'm kind of barking out right now it's fine it's fine i'm happy to partake in whatever topic you like well i always am ready to tell riveting tales of my adventures domestic and international i'm also happy to discuss the simple nuances of the struggle eternal between man and machine I mean, it was, uh, I mean, it was just kind of a, a customer service debacle with Boost. It's no real biggie, man. And why was there customer service involved at all? This is a function of the failure of the machines. Nature is filled with organic means of communication only barely understood by man, and yet we choose to fill our air and our brains with cancer and raise the forest steaming with this ancient knowledge to the ground. And that, my dear friend of Toe Hogan, is why I must come on your program and any program that I deem worthy of being my platform and share with the world the secrets of the bears. Wow, you are so cool. I, I can't even, I can't believe I just told you who my fucking cell phone carrier was uh, in front of you. I, uh, it's no uh, trouble at all, Gator. Really. I promise you, usually when I'm invited as a guest on Toe Hogan's program, it can take nearly an hour for us just to get to the topic. Why, the other day his listeners and I talked him through a discrepancy he had with his own phone bill with Verizon, which I view as a bonding experience. Toe Hogan truly wants listeners to connect with him and understand that he puts his trousers on one leg at a time, just like the rest of the trouser-wearing populace. 
Okay, well, as much as I would like to investigate why Toe Hogan made you guys sit on the live stream while he argued with Verizon customer service, I definitely want to hear more about you. Uh, so, I, Atticus, I, I do know that I have a lot of listeners that are pretty checked out of pop culture, so unfortunately, I'm going to have to ask you to introduce yourself, you know, just like basics, you know, like where, where, where you're from, what got you into exploring, or is that... Is that, is that what it's called? Is it, it's called just exploring, or am I just saying Disney stuff right now? Ah, yeah, it's a very interesting topic. Exploring is fine. Uh, names and uh, titles, Kate, have a lot of power, you see. So while many in my profession believe that it is childish to adopt the mantle of explorer and adventurer, I think it is not so. It lends me the power and energy of all the characters of stage and screen that I idolized in my boyhood. And while others allow the fire within them that drew them to unknown lands and the dangers that occupy them to be smothered by the flame of bureaucracy and paperwork and the fascist confines of local, state, federal, and international law, I remain free. And while the controlling tyrants of the ivory towers may despair and say to me, Atticus, we have reasonable job titles set forth from our human resources department, and if you cannot adopt them, we can only pay you as an independent contractor, I say nay, and I will never fall prey to the tyranny of the American accent I was born with. This is my true voice. I ride on into the sunset and the unknown with gusto. Huzzah! Adventure! Yes! Huzzah! Adventure! Oh, oh my god, this is so cool! Okay, man, alright, so, uh, <clears throat> uh, okay, can you just give the, the listeners a little mini backstory? I, of course, already know everything there is to know. I mean, you're a fucking legend, but, you know, like, I'm sorry, okay, curse it, what, what, whatever, but, you know, like, at the, for the listeners, you know, like, they might not be as caught up, um, as me, because, like, as I know everything, you know? I believe that a man's actions and conquests should stand independently of his origins. But I know that this is custom when you make your debut on a new program, so I am happy to provide some historical context for my personage. I was born in the year 1992 on a naval base in San Diego, California. When I was a child, my parents, who are both avid comic book collectors, frequently took me to the San Diego International Comic Book Convention to have some of their more valuable issues appraised for value by the Comics Grading Corporation, popularly known as CGC. While there is quite a bit of distraction and fun available at this event for a child of eight, and I have countless pictures of me in my youth with various costumed individuals, I found this part of the event tiresome. It took quite a bit of time for the appraisers to remove the comic books from the plastic casings my parents always keep them in, and I, unfortunately, had to stand around for long periods of time, as both my mother and my father have strong opinions about the monetary value of their antique issues. But still, I knew that I was a lucky child, that my parents were such avid fans of tales of adventures and intrigue. All the other children at school dealt with dreary adults consumed by the daily bores of office slavery. When we attended the convention in 2000, I was the tender age of eight years old. I was having a particularly restless day. If I do recall correctly, it was a Saturday, and it is widely known that the most unforgiving test of strength and will, more so than any challenge you may encounter in the jungle, is navigating your way through San Diego Comic-Con on a Saturday and attempting to find any kind of food. 
Oh, God, I've heard. It's a fucking nightmare. I can't imagine what it was like in 2000. To this day, I cannot stand the taste of a hot dog that costs more than five American dollars. Even if I had not experienced a trauma that shaped my entire future at this event, I vowed never to return as an adult and stick to small press conventions. Yeah, I mean, the bigger shows are more in the pocket of the major media corporations anyway. It's almost like it isn't even about comic books anymore. Precisely my point. But I digress. Uh, where was I? Ah, yes, the year 2000. The hall was about to close for the day, and I, as a small child, was restless and demanding dinner after a long day of alternating riveting excitement and unfathomable boredom and waiting. We exited the building. I believe it was Hall H. We were almost at the crosswalk that leads into the gas lamp district where you can find all manner of nightlife and food and entertainment. Now, you appear not to have been to this event, so you would not know that there is a large set of train tracks used primarily by freighters that runs directly in front of the convention center. A restless youth already imbued with the spirit of adventure, I noticed that one of the cars had doors open on either side, and I saw this as our family's opportunity to beat the rest of the crowd to the restaurants already reaching capacity. I ran ahead and jumped through the boxcar to the other side with relative ease, calling over my shoulder for my parents to follow. But when I reached the other side, I did not see them follow me, and my view of them was obscured by the slowly moving train. I waited for 20 minutes for the cars to finish moving, assuming my parents would be on the other side. But when the train finally traversed into the distance, my parents were nowhere to be found. And that is when I became a ward of the state. I briefly considered becoming a bird-based vigilante as the train that took my parents away was heavily swarmed with seagulls. But the similarity to the stories my parents enjoyed so much was more than I could bear. I instead dedicated my life to traversing the world, uncovering its secrets, and maybe one day finding where that freight train took my mother and my father. God, I've, I've heard this story so many times and it never gets any less astounding to me. You know, I just, I respect you so much, you know, it, it really shows, it, it shows a lot of strength, you know, that you continue to be driven by your quest to find your family. And that, that is the kind of spirit and soul that I think academia is missing. You know, it's all, it's all just standardized tests and statistics now. We do not choose our destiny, my dear Kate. It arrives for us we must be its humble dance partner and find our own meaning in the endless CSX train that is life as we know it on Earth. I am driven by the faith that my parents' love for me propelled them and their purchases for the day onto one of the cars on that freighter train, and they were carried to a place that inhibited their return. It is my soul's desire to find this place, but if I don't, I must accept it not as a failure of a dream, but as a success for all of my contributing work for the greater good that was done on the journey to honor my ancestors. Huzzah! 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 Unbelievable. Holy shit, this is so cool. He just did the origin story on my pot. Oh, God. Holy fuck, we're only on episode three. I'm sorry, man. I'm just freaking out. Like, you can't even, you know, you aren't even here on the phone with me. You can't hear that. It's just so, that, this is awkward. I, uh, <laughs> I am but a vessel for knowledge. And adventure! Huzzah! Huzzah! Spirit! 
Yes! Awesome! Okay, uh, so, um, par usual, I'm starting to run down the clock a little bit, and I, uh, I actually have a surprise, uh, sorry, uh, 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 <laughs> just look at me, I'm all over the place. I actually have, I have a surprise guest that I want to bring on real quick to also talk about Bear Talk, so let's just jump right into it. Um, for years, the National Park Service has had their own information out there on how to deal with bears at your campsite. Traitorous swine! Oh my god, I know. It's just like I don't I don't want to be a broken record, you know. We talk about this a lot in this podcast, but they they they're coming they are that's why we have to talk about them. They come up on every podcast. They are the fucking worst. I've dealt with malice from all forms of governing bodies and educational institutions, but the operation of the park service is just simply insulting. Absolutely. Like it's it's not even so much that they put false information out there. They don't. Like they, they that's not what they're doing. They just don't even have a goal. They're just lazy and high and they would rather make up a bunch of bullshit rules that kind of work than impart to us the knowledge that could bridge the communication between humans and animals. Like that's that's huge. And they just don't even want to care. You know, all they do is, you know, get high and dare each other to climb unstable fire towers or whatever. It is an insult and an American tragedy. When I tell the Nigerian Park Service of the function of our government, they weep for the future of the amber waves of grain. God, there really isn't any department in the U.S. government where we don't look like an asshole compared to other countries anymore. Indubitably. All right, so at the risk of spreading incorrect propaganda, I'm going to be somewhat even-handed. So, you know, I, 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 we try to maintain, you know, some kind of journalistic integrity on this podcast. So I'm going to say what the National Park Service says you are supposed to do with a bear at your campsite. So NPS.gov, well, I'm going to summarize it, but, you know, like, whatever. NPS.gov, I mean, if they're not going to try, why should I? Uh, NPS.gov says that you need to stay calm, uh, speak in low tones, uh, wave to indicate that you are human, and slowly back away. Uh, you're also supposed to make yourself look taller with posture and bring yourself to higher ground. And they say you need to keep uh, smelly food locked away if you don't want to attract them. Uh, what, what else is on here? It says that you walk sideways because it's a non-threatening walk and it keeps you from tripping. Uh, don't climb trees because they'll be able to follow you, so on and so forth. Uh, but, you know, for what I understand, that is somewhat true. But from what I've read that you've written about the subject, it's only the tip of the iceberg. Or the iceberg, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you are a delight. But yeah, like, from what I understand, you don't necessarily contest it. You know, you just find it to be extremely reductive and nowhere near as effective as it could be. Is that correct? Yes. Well, the problem with the information put out by the National Park Service, as usual, is that it's lazy. They aren't intentionally trying to cover up bear talk. If you find a park official that has actually studied bear talk, they will discuss it with you, but most do not bother. The reason bear talk has such a limited presence in the American consciousness is that they simply do not want to put out the effort to combine any of the educational materials or texts out of what they know. Yeah, and you'd think they'd be able to just hire some undergrad environmental science interns or something. It's weird. It's pure, lazy, apathetic negligence, I'll tell you. It's an absolute insult to the profession. Theodore Roosevelt wept. Easy, dude. You okay? I'm fine. My apologies. I lost my composure. 
But for an explorer who spends so much time in the endlessly beautiful landscapes of this great country, it affects me very deeply that the Park Service seems to care more about Frisbee golf than educating the public. I'm glad I already feel like there's a cause uh, everyone who is involved in this podcast can get behind, you know, like that so far it's just 100% across the board, you know, like there there's some things that really transcend political boundaries and, you know, the Park Service really needs to give more attention to educating the public on what they know, you know, because who knows how long we have left on this planet. How can we know how long we have left when time is but a myth? Oh God, that is so deep. You are so cool. Okay, no, no, I can't. I'm not gonna get over. Like, I'm not gonna get like that again. Calm down, Kat. Kate, Kate, Catherine. Who am I? Anyway, so okay, so we are kind of starting to run out of time, but thankfully I did some research so I can keep us on task. Uh, so according to you, bear talk is not really related to vocabulary or what language you're actually speaking. Correct? That is. Correct. Bear talk is not its own language necessarily, but more of an accent or dialect that cannot be boiled down to a science. Bears do not form words like humans do, but they are so in tune to the tone of voice that it makes them natural empaths. The closest equivalent you can find in human languages um, would be Mandarin, for example, where the same word can mean different things based on how you pitch your voice. Uh, the sound ma, for instance, can mean four different words. Bear talk, however, takes this concept a step further, where the pitch is the only thing used to communicate, and the words are merely a vehicle to help you get your feeling across. Right, and so that's why bear talk works both when you are speaking English and when you are just making bear noise. Precisely. This is also why bear talk is largely not accepted by science and linguists alike. It is less of a language and more of an emotional tone used to deliver language, and thusly not easy to prove via scientific analysis, nor is it translated very well through a textbook. Successful communication between humans and bears is almost exclusively documented through anecdotal evidence or records poorly maintained by the Park Service which are also, thankfully, poorly guarded, as we covered in episode one regarding the National Forests, uh, the records archives at Park Service buildings in general. Uh, so th th let me know if you ever need the source. You know, I have, I have a source. It's super important, private. I, don't worry about it. But and if you ever need my source to go and pick up uh, some documents from the Park Service, like, he doesn't even charge me a fee for that. Like, I pay his retainer, and he just does that as, like, uh, you know, like a bonus. Like, he steals records from the Park Service, on the way back from the grocery store. That could be quite a boon to my efforts, and I shall make sure to speak to you about this at the end of the program. Which is rapidly approaching, and I do want to bring my other guest on that has a story regarding bear talk for a few minutes before the end, so let's, let's just try to cover the basics as quickly as possible. Uh, say you are camping at a campsite with someone who does not know anything about bear talk. An all-too-frequent occurrence, unfortunately. I can only imagine, uh, you know. So say you have to quickly leave a campsite populated by bears, uh, but you need to convey, you know, you need to teach bear talk to uh, the person who doesn't know anything in a, a very compressed amount of time, you know, like like you would, you know, educate me like you would educate someone in a real-life situation and not like on a, a podcast that's running out of time. Your tone when you speak to the bears should be tentative and anxious, as if they are about to turn down your suggestion at any minute. 
but also casual enough to suggest that you view them as equals, so it helps to use a less formal manner of speech and, if possible, use slang that is most appropriate for whichever part of the world you're in. I'm assuming, in this hypothetical scenario, that we are dealing with American bears, since the majority of your listeners are from America? Oh, well, none of my listeners publicly list their locations online. They're, they're, they're a little paranoid. Nevertheless, you are American, so we will act as if we are in Rome, doing what the Romans do. Right, that makes perfect sense. Yes, yes it does. So, in the event that a bear happens upon your campsite in Yellowstone Park, the body length which suggested to you by the National Park Service is fairly accurate, but mostly because it is calm and casual as a natural mannerism resulting from the use of bear talk. But in order to assure your safety and actually be able to communicate with the bear, you must also use the tonal inflection of bear talk on top of your native tongue. This way, you don't anger the bear, and you avoid having to abandon your campsite or wait for the bear to go about their business for however long that might take. Right, because what if you're in a remote area? Like, what if you're in a remote area and, you know, you have to abandon your campsite where all your food is and then you can't find food? Precisely my point. If you simply communicate with the bears, they will usually leave immediately without any fuss. Okay, great. So, you know, talk to me right now. Uh, like, you're trying to get, like, talk to me, like, like imagine I'm a bear. Uh, and, you know, just talk to me right now like you're trying to get an American bear to leave a campsite. Hey there, man. How's it going? Uh, listen, I don't want to bother you or anything or, like, harsh your buzz, but we spent, like, five hours setting up this campsite and everything, and we didn't really set it up for bears. Like, it's not like we don't like you guys. We love you guys. We're, like, a big fan of bears. We were just thinking that the camping trip was going to be, like, an us thing. But, like, if you want to come over here, it's cool, but we only really have enough food for us for the next couple of days. And, you know, like, I'm kind of worried about my blood sugar. So if it's possible, I'd like to be able to hang on to the food. But, like, it's cool, you know, it's up to you really need it and want to knock some of the stuff over you can but it'd be really chill if you could just like let us have the food wow uh that is so awesome yes see bears are natural introverts and cave dwellers and they can usually understand and empathize with someone who means them no harm but is simply requesting personal space so if you speak to them as though you want them to leave, but you don't want them to take it personally, they can usually take a hint. Yeah, you know, that is fascinating, you know. This is why we need to make more effort to bridge the communication gap between men and beasts. Because, you know, my introverted tendencies are not something that I would think that a bear would be able to understand about me. But I guess, you know, when, you know, when I really think about it, there isn't that big a difference between caves and bunkers. But, you know, that, that's still insane. Like, I discuss my introversion with people in the comments of those introversion-extroversion memes all the time. But, like, from what you're telling me, uh, bears are actually advanced enough to just understand all that about me and my psychology just by listening to the tone of my voice? They don't just understand, Catherine. They empathize. There is so much left to learn, but what it always comes down to is that we're all just carbon-based life forms on this planet with souls yearning to connect and learn from one another. 
Uh, so you can, uh, so can you coach me a little bit on a phrase, you know, just like a, like a simple home phrase? Like, uh, I don't know, like, uh, can I set up my tent? I believe a better phrase would be, it's getting kind of late. Do you mind if I set up my tent? I really should be going to bed. Again, you really want to make sure that you get the point across that you need to be left alone, but they shouldn't take it personally. They will be able to understand that. Bears are very good at establishing boundaries with each other, and you can establish boundaries with them too, as long as you treat them with the same respect that another bear would use towards its peer. Okay, so it's getting kind of late. Do you mind if I set up my tent? I really should be going to bed. That's the home phrase? Oh, yes, that should suffice for practice purposes. Okay, great, great. Uh, all right. Uh, it's it's getting kind of late. Do you do you mind if I set up my tent? I really should be going to bed. <laughs> oh, Catherine, Catherine, this is no mere bear. This bear is a friend to you, and you are mortally afraid of bruising its ego. Let me hear that. Okay. Uh, it's it's getting kind of late. Do you mind if I set up my tent? I I really uh should be going to bed. Catherine, picture, if you will, a black box theater in the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. You have just seen the most execrable one-man show you have ever seen at any Fringe Festival on God's Green Earth. It was written and directed by your friend, the bear, and the bear is now ambling bear-like across the lobby towards you and saying, what did you think of my show? And please be honest. That is the tone we're trying to strike here. Uh, it's getting kind of late. Do you mind if I set up my tent? Yeah, I, I really, uh, I really should be going to bed. My God, she's got it. God, you're an amazing teacher. Oh my God, nature. Uh, that's three tries and you already taught me. God, that's so cool. All right, God, nature is so fascinating. I really wish we had more time to go over this. Uh, we, we have much more detailed supplemental documents that are going to be going up on the Patreon once I set it up. Uh, if you if you guys want to learn more about Bear Talk, uh, stay tuned because, uh, or, you know, like, wait, wait on us because we will eventually get, you know, I need money. We will eventually set up the Patreon. God, uh, thank you. You know, maybe we'll film a bonus episode. I don't know. You know, thank, thank you so much to Atticus for coming on. Atticus, I, I don't want to hold you up, so we'll end the call here. Uh, thank you so much, dude. This was awesome. It was an honor. Huzzah! Huzzah! Ah, oh, God, so cool. Man, you know, and of course, you can find Atticus at AtticusJonesworth.com or at AtticusJonesworth on Instagram or Twitter. Uh, and you could buy his book, uh, The Adventure Man, at any major bookstore. All right. Before we go... Uh, I wanted to bring on my surprise guest uh, to give us a story about a recent interaction he had with some bears. Also, this is me uh, listening to the fans. Uh, you're welcome in advance. We've been receiving emails that you guys want to hear more from my super for some reason. And uh, normally I would not bring my building super onto my podcast, but he said that he had some kind of interaction with bears when he was in West Virginia a few weeks ago. And I was like wait a second and a couple of my fans want to hear you talk i'm having atticus on about bear talk tomorrow so you know maybe we just you know, save it for the podcast you know i just you know i stopped him in his chair because you know sometimes you don't want to sit with like a, a fucking nowhere story but if it's content you know you got to capture it so he said yes so here he is uh the man without a name because he's smart enough to not tell me 
what it is or how he's uh, getting in and out of this building, uh, my super. Oh, hello, Kate. Hello, how are you? Uh, I'm doing good. How are you doing, man? You know, like, wel- welcome to the podcast. Uh, thanks for coming on such short notice. Uh, I'm not sure if you had any travel plans. Oh, I have like... a lot of travel plans, Kate. I, I'm always traveling. Oh, I know. I, I know. I mean, like, uh, I mean, like, in general, like, not, I don't mean, like, today. I, I have a plan to catch, uh, heading to Rome in three hours. So, see, uh, I... Oh, uh, I wow! Okay, well, you need, like, you need, like, two hours to get through TSA, so, you know, we'll make this quick. We're already kind of running out of time anyway. He said you gotta, you gotta fucking... You, you had some kind of run-in with bears. Yeah, so yes, 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 I was, uh, I was in the, uh, Shannon Doors, and there was a super conference every year, the Shannon Doors Super Convention, uh, Supercon. Right. Uh-huh. Uh, Shan Supercon, as we all know it, in the business, and we uh, we had bears then, they signed some paperwork, and that we relaxed, we grew, we put some music, you know, like suavemente, like, uh, like, what? Hold on, you work with bears and signing paperwork, dude, is this like a, sorry, are we just having a communication thing again, dude, are, are like the bears a sports team, is this like a band, like, uh, what no, are we, no, like, bears don't play music, they're not very musically inclined, they don't even, they don't even do the D-D-D-D. Okay, but like, bears don't usually. I mean, how much do I not know? I mean, like, we're we're mostly talking. So, did you communicate to the bears with bears? Or I still don't know if he's talking about bears or people, dude. Like, no, I don't think bears do fill out paperwork. Like, I don't. Well, no, the bears, they have a draw, they, have, they can't get with the clothes, they can't get the, the band moving, but like, they figure out, like, we. We got like we put the hand in the ink and then they use a paw print and then blah. Why would they? So, what are what are these papers for? Like why do the supers need to be interacting with the bears though? Uh, like we need, to, we need them to get them to sign paperwork. We need them to get what them, we need the, them to, you know what is the what do bears need legally authorized? They need they, they they we got the paperwork and they need to sign it. Okay. We talk to each other about the problems we have. We fill out paperwork. We relax, we grill, we just service out the side, put on some sides, like swallow it, and that's how I feel like there's some kind of miscommunication happening here because bears don't really have opposable thumbs. So they, I mean, I know, yeah, you say you dip, you dip the hand in the ink, but that seems like pretty large. That seems pretty large for a, like a signature like, line, wow. like a signature line on a, a like a legal document. Like, wow. And I'm like, oh, Bobby, you wanted, you want to sign this agreement? You need the paper and the pen, and they don't. All like right, it. all right, dude. Okay, um, I. I really should have vetted this story. All right, you know what? We're we're um we're gonna just close this episode out. Thanks for coming on. Uh, Is it super... the part where you like ask me questions like uh, the Mario Marin? No, I can't. No, I'm not gonna. Uh... You're not like. No, I'm not gonna ask you. No, I'm not gonna. No, I'm not gonna. No, no, I'm not gonna ask you Mark Marin question. I can't. Um, all right. Like, no. You gonna it... tell me Boomer leaves or not? No, uh, I think we're just going to end the podcast. Thanks for coming on, man. Thank you for listening. Uh, Kate's Bunker, episode three. Thank you. Like, share, subscribe. Kate's Bunker is written and directed by Hannah Harkness, with post-production by B. Jordan. This episode features voice acting by Chanel Ali, Benel Germosen, Seamus Sullivan, and Hannah Harkness as Kate. The theme music is Elephant Bones by That Handsome Devil. Follow Hannah at Hark underscore It's Hannah on Twitter and Instagram and New Queer Order at New Queer Order on Twitter and Instagram. The truth is down there. <laughs>